Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast, episode 115, September 20th, 2020. It's been three weeks. It's been three weeks. Neil was away in PEI for one of them. And then yeah. last week, it was just. Not there, much happened. There wasn't enough to really. I, I did film a video. Yep. Going over some of the news on the production channel, but uh, realistically, there wasn't. It was. It would have been a 20 to 25 minute conversation for a podcast between us. Yep. It just wasn't worth it. So uh, we decided just to skip that weekend. And. Uh, now we're here because yep. there are things to talk about. We're getting down to the final stretch of this season. There should only be four episodes left of this podcast in this season. Yep. And before the offseason break. Yep. So we'll cover Stanley Cup finals, obviously. We'll cover the draft. Yeah, free agency as and, well. And then, we'll, yeah. Final four. Then we'll be done. And then we'll be until done. Until next year. Until next Whatever season. Whatever that be. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll probably do some stuff in between. Yeah, we'll do having a yak or yeah, something we'll just, like that. Anything, we'll pop in every now and then, but it won't be our regular schedule. That's correct. Of every weekly Sunday. Yep, totally. So last time we did this, there was four teams still alive. Now there's only two, obviously. So Islanders and Vegas both kind of dispatched. Gone. Very quickly. Mm. Um, and last night we actually watched the first game of the Stanley Cup Finals on a live stream here on this channel we, on YouTube. We did. We live streamed on this channel for the very first time. We were live for probably over three hours. Yep. Um. I actually, I noticed this morning that, that video was not available to watch. I made it unlisted as soon uh, as it because of the as soon as it ended because of the audio issues. Yes. Okay. So we did have some audio issues, which if you were part of the live stream last night, you know what we're talking about. Um, and we fixed it where we so our waiting room music did not play. Oh really? The intro music of the old post post intro did not play, and then we came on and it was like buzzy, crackly, oh electric noise. So. Audio quality, I'd give it about a 2 out of 10. <laughs> it was a mega fail. Other than that, 10 out of 10. Yeah, so. For visuals. We did figure out what the problem was. It was something we definitely would not have found during no. the live stream. Um, when we plug in the USB HDMI thing that hooks the camcorder up to the computer, as soon as you get even close to plugging it in, it starts sending electrical feedback to the camera. Yeah, at the beginning we thought it was wires. It would. It's not. We troubleshooted every kind of scenario we could think of yep. with different wires. Not the wires. It's not the camera. Um, so it is unfortunately Jason's computer because I took the whole setup home and tested it on my computer and yeah. no issues. So we've so, narrowed it down to Jason's computer, yeah. unfortunately. Which doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Um, but yeah, if we ever do it in the future again, we'll just go directly from the mixer into the computer instead of to the camcorder and then yeah. to the computer. It's uh, <laughs> we, I, we apologize. But I'm sure a lot of people don't care about this, but no. <laughs> for those that were there, because there will be people that listen to this that were there. Yeah. Shout out to those people and thank you guys so much for joining yeah. us. We may do something like that again uh, for some of the other games in this finals. But yeah, yeah, good times. So let's get into some of the news that's happened. Oh snap! Some of the changes, some of the tidbits, the tidbits, the tidbits. I like, if I like you will. that word. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the awards. Yeah, they've been kind of gradually being announced over the past couple of weeks, which is yeah. odd. It's like it's like one or two a day. Like okay, okay. Yeah. You're like every now and then you're like here, and you're like okay, okay. Yeah, but there were were some new ones announced uh, in the past week. So so Mark Giordano wins the Mark Messier Leadership Award. I'm fine with that. Yep. He's a great leader. Sure. He deserves that award. I'm okay with that. Um, obviously, the Dallas Stars won the Western Conference and Tampa Bay won the Eastern Conference. Yeah, big trophies for those two teams. And Tampa Bay touched it. They did, and Dallas didn't. And I believe the last three teams that did touch it won. Oh, really? This is a thing I read this morning. Because I know Crosby touched it. Crosby touched it. Ovechkin touched it. Yes. And I don't remember who the other one was. <laughs> but it, there was three. It was the last three in a row. But based on what we've seen last night... That streak could be ending. It could be. Uh, I don't is, think. I don't think it is. But yeah, Dallas is uh, 
I don't know. They didn't touch it, so they're on the superstitious side. So be curious to see who wins this year. Um, and then the last five remaining regular season trophies will be announced during the NHL Awards in Las Vegas. Uh, 30 minute show, basically. That's good because I hate that show. It's the worst. It's bad. I like, don't even know if the players like it, but they're obligated to go. Yeah. It's, I mean, too, it's too stuffy for me. I think the players like everything that involves going to the show and after the show, but oh, the yeah. actual show itself, yeah. they probably That's definitely the worst like part it. of it, yes. yeah. Uh, but it's kind of cool to see all the players, kind of like the All-Star game. The players from different teams get to interact and hang out and stuff because, I mean, players are friends on different teams. Oh, yeah. Uh, like Pacioretty and I think it's Blake Wheeler are very good friends. Like Crosby's friends with Marshan and and Nathan McKinnon, and Nathan McKinnon, they hang out all the time in Nova Scotia. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's that's pretty cool. I I like to I like to see that. There was an All Star game, I believe it was the one in L.A. Maybe maybe not, but Drew Doughty was picked as the captain of one of the All Star teams, and I can't remember who the other captain was, but they drafted their own teams. Oh really? It was it was Doughty, someone else, and someone else, and they as a committee picked who would be on their team that's awesome and the camaraderie and the jokes and stuff that was going on was amazing and they never did it again as a damn shame hmm. but yeah it's cool to see players interact yeah um, so i am that's the one part about the award show I, that i do like but i won't be watching <laughs> 30 minutes is good though because it is good but I've, i don't know so what do we usually get in there we get the last couple of awards have they announced who's going to be on the cover of the EA game yet? Because they usually do that there too, don't they? I think they have, but I I, I don't, don't know either. follow it. I, I know sometimes they used to do it at the NHL Awards. But I think it's a Vetchkin. Oh, it is a Vetchkin. Yeah. I think they have. You're right. I think they have done it. So yeah, I don't like thirty. Even yeah, yeah. It's Monday, September twenty. It's still it's still thirty. Wait, is that tomorrow? That is tomorrow. That is tomorrow. <laughs> Epic. Epic. <laughs> Could be today by the time you listen to this. Exactly. Um, we got some new coaches. Oh snap! Oh snap! Indeed. Flames named Jeff Ward, their new head coach. I have no opinion on this. I want to see a sample size of one full year. That's I think that's what we need. Yep. Because I'm totally. just like, if we're doing this like live stream style, I'm meep- meeping this. <laughs> like this is <laughs> this is just an average hire for me. Like, I, I agree. Just an average it's hire. Just, it's it's it could be it could work. I don't think it's risky. I don't think it's bold. I don't it's it, just it's a very generic hire. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at too. Um this is a big hiring. Peter Laviolette to the Capitals, and they're actually paying the man $5 million a year for three years. Huge. Huge. Massive, massive deal. Because Peter Laviolette is one of the most, I don't like this word, but I'm going to use it, winningest coaches in the NHL. He has an active stick for the coach. <laughs> he has been activated by the Capitals. He's, uh, he's got a good track record. He has a very good track record. But the thing I've noticed about Peter Laviolette is whenever he comes in, he has immediate success. Yep. Uh, but it seems like over time, it's like, he, yeah, and he loses the room, yeah, and that's kind of his trend. He seems like an angry man. <laughs> he seems like an angry man. <laughs> he seems like he chews gum to kind of make that anger not be as bad as it could be. <laughs> he chews gum meaner than any other coach in the league. He does. He's a he's a heavy chewer. <laughs> I think it'll work out pretty well, though. Oh yeah, um, it was a good move by the Capitals. I'm I I do like Laviolette. But so. we talked about in a podcast. We said that. Barry Trotz was the only guy they actually hired that was decent. Everyone else has been someone they brought up through. Right. Remember, I said it was like six of the seven. Correct. And they said they said they wanted to bring in someone with experience, and they did. So good on them. Yeah, good on them. And I think that fit that fit works well for Peter Laviolette, his coaching style, and the players on the team. So. so, do you think? Let me ask you this: Do you think Barry Trotz should have been paid, and he should still be there right now? One hundred and ten percent. Yeah, it, he wins you a cup. You don't pay him. 
He leaves. You bring in another guy. Two years later, yeah. He doesn't do much for you. Odie goes, and now you're paying someone yeah. that hasn't done anything for you, but you're hoping he does. When you could have just paid the man who... How much is Baratrosky being paid by the Islanders? I don't know, but it's good. It's probably similar. I would think so. So that is a, a decision I bet that they do regret. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, good good on the Capitals. Good on Peter Laviolette. I wish them all the success in the world. Uh, and the Blues have made Jim Montgomery an assistant coach. How do you feel about this? It hasn't. It's only been since this December. It's really weird to me. I think people are deserving of a second chance. I think this is a rebound. <laughs> a rebound. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. Like, uh, holy smokes. I think people are deserving of a second chance. Uh, it, it's surprising me how soon it happened. Mm. And it's not a full it's assistant coach, by the way, not head coach. But still, I felt like there would be more time in between because Babcock is in the, kind of the same situation a little bit. Uh, except for he's making the monies. Yeah, except for he's making the monies. Yeah. So. I, I did not expect him to, to come back. I'm like, I'm again, all for second chances. Hope it works out in St. Louis. But uh, yeah, just a little surprised it was this early. Mm. I think it'll be an okay fit though. I'm, I'm okay. Oh, with I, th- it. I think he's a good hockey dude. Like, I think he totally. knows, I think he knows his stuff. Yep. It's just the other stuff. He's an angry man too. I think all coaches are angry man pretty much. Mm, okay. Who's not? I would say, I don't think Rick Bonus is an angry man. I would say Brenda Moore is not. Oh, Brendan, have you seen him in the last playoffs though? We get mad at the refs. He was steamed. Yeah, but not his team. No, I, no, no, I, not his I team. I think he, I'm not saying he doesn't yell at his team. Right. Every coach yells at the team, but I don't think in general he yells at his team to motivate them. I think, correct. I think he's a player's coach and I think he is with the players. Yep, absolutely. He probably uses a lot of examples um, to teach them lessons versus telling them lessons, if that makes sense. Mm hmm. I would say Bruce Cassidy was not an angry man, but I think now he is an angry man. He has definitely morphed into an 100%. angry man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like the longer you're in your position, the more risk of you being fired, the more angry you get. Okay. Do you know the TV dinners? Hungry yeah. man? Yes. Okay. If a TV like dinner. Like a pound of food? If a TV dinner was called. Potato a- steak, corn. <laughs> it, I've never had one in my life, though, ever. The brownies are pretty good. Have you had one? Yeah. I've never the had brownies one. brownies are good. Okay. If you had, if there was a TV dinner called The Angry Man and he was an NHL coach, who would be the face of The Angry Man TV dinner? Bruce Brudrow. Really? I was going to say Tortorella. Bruce Brudrow has, gets very red-faced, so. I think, I think Bruce Brudrow is more of an angry man than Tortorella is. Really? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You watch that. Was it twenty four seven? Is that what that series was called? I think when so. He's Capitals, HBO, yeah, yeah, yeah. Road to the Winter Cup, whatever. Angry man he that. was, a, dude. He, his public image was hurt there by like all the like moms out there. Like, oh, no yeah. offense, don't take that the wrong way, but there was a lot of like people that got really offended by that and just like this is how it is. Like, yeah. like it's not just him. Like, yeah, he's like he's Gabby. That's his nickname. Like, yeah. he's Gabby for a reason. But I don't know John Tortorella. I find he's a little more chill than he was. Like, he's still an angry man. But he's like a chill, angry man. He's an he's an angry man with a smile. He put in a like bit. a release valve right here. <laughs> so this is where you blow. He put a release valve right here. He so now he just gets up and walks away and pays the fine. Yeah, he just turns that little <laughs> nozzle and uh, releases the pressure. It's like, uh, you know what? Four years ago, I would have yelled at you. Have a good day. I'm yeah. leaving. He gets up and walks away. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I'll, I'll accept that. Someone wants to Photoshop uh, <laughs> Bruce Boudreau on a TV dinner. And send it to us. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to say it. Yeah. I'm not trying to insult him. No, no, no. It's I, I really like Bruce Boudreau, actually. But I think if there was a TV dinner with Bruce Boudreau on the commercial, I think it'd be really funny. Would you try it? 
I don't know. I'd definitely try it. It'd have to be spicy, though. So what would you get? Like, they have chicken. They've got beef. They've probably got, like, some sort of roast beef. Everything comes with potatoes and corn, it seems like. I think it would have to be mashed potatoes done in, like, an ice cream scoop to look like a bald head. Yep. Um, <laughs> it has to be some meat of some kind. I think it would have to be spicy, though. I don't think they make spicy food, though. What do you mean they don't think they make spicy food? Spicy TV dinners? By Hunger Man? Well, they would create it for Bruce Bruce. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. he's got a spicy temper. <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to some contracts because some people were signed, which is a little odd to have happened during the playoffs, but some of these names are a little significant. So the Arizona Coyotes re-signed Aiden Hill to one-year, one-way contract worth 800000 I think that's a steal. I don't know if I said this during a live stream or a video, but I don't like that people are signing people while the hockey's still going right I now. completely agree. It feels... I know I said that before. I just don't know if it was on a podcast or on a live stream because we're doing a lot of stuff now. I think it should be... I think if you want to have the conversation behind closed doors, if you're already part of that team, fine. But don't announce it until... Yeah. Free, the, the and like the over. teams that are currently playing aren't in on those potential yeah, deals. Uh, yeah, I guess like, yeah. Because if you're still playing, I don't think you... You can, right? Yeah, if he's a UFA. Like, the teams that are done, they're out. Their season's over, but, like, yeah. I don't know. RFA's a little different because of yeah legalities. It just seems weird that when hockey's still going on and technically our our freeze is on or whatever. Yeah. That there's already teams rebuilding. Randomly, you're hearing, yeah, you're hearing rebuilding steps. It's just like, mm-hmm. okay, this is kind of de- detracting a little bit. But. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is 2020. Uh, Minnesota Wild resigned uh, Jonas Brodin to a seven-year contract worth six million. Boom. Seven years. That's a that's an investment. That is that is a lottery contract for Jonas Brodin, <laughs> I think. That's yep. that's a strong contract. Six million. You could look at that contract and think, mm, I don't know, maybe overpaid like a little bit right now. But in f- three, four years when the cap goes up, I think that's going to look like a, a very good contract. So I'm okay with this one. It's so hard to look at contracts now and find out what's fair and what's impossible. not because, I mean... There's been a steady increase in player salaries, and now basically they're being asked to, to to freeze them. Yes. But, I mean, players only play for a certain amount of time. It's not like every player is going to have an extra three years added onto their career. So exactly. they, they want to get what they're due. Yeah, and now, as they should. Which is why, which we'll get to in a little bit, a little bit of disagreements happening yes, in some places. Uh, the Canadian signed Joel Edmiston to a four-year deal worth $3.6 million per year. So they have, they traded for the rights uh, of Joel. And in the last, not podcast, because the video that I made last Sunday, I mentioned that they'll sign him before free agency, which is, I think, the 9th, October 9th. And they did it pretty quick, within a week, within, I think, five days or four days. So good on Montreal. I'm okay with that, I think. Three point six million for a a tough guy who can throw the body around. Uh, that's going to make the Montreal Canadiens uh, a tougher team to play for three point six million because you have to pay a little bit more for a defenseman. Yep, I'm totally fine with that contract. I think that's very reasonable. Speaking of Montreal, before we go on, Bring since it. it's not on the notes, and I think I need to sneeze. I'm not going to sneeze. I'm not going to sneeze. I'm not going to sneeze. Okay, I'm not going to sneeze. All right, well done. Tell tell the uh, the viewers and listeners out there what you want Montreal to offer sheet the conversation we had because it's not on here, and I think it's awesome. And people, it's funny because Neil was telling me this. We went for some food. We're driving in his truck and he's mm-hmm. he's telling me that he wants his offer sheet. And then we pull in to do our order. And then NHL radio, I think Steve Coolius starts talking about it. <laughs> yeah, he does. And I was like, whoa, that's freaking amazing. Yeah. So, uh, I think the Montreal Canadiens should offer sheet Barzal. Heck yeah. They did it with Ajo. 
They forced Carolina's hand, but Carolina was already kind of going that hand. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Islanders would go. No, they 10 can't. Million they for, can't. They can. So it would be wise for Montreal to potentially offer Sheep Barzal. I like the drama that comes with it, regardless of what <laughs> yeah, teams are involved. That's why I want it done. <laughs> um, the bad part for Montreal is once once they do that, the Islanders have an entire week to make a decision mm-hmm. either way. Um, and, and in that time, Montreal cannot offer sheet any other team, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. Last year was a little bit more issue because there was point out there. I think there was someone else I can't really remember. There were other options for Montreal to offer sheet. Actually, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is available this year to offer sheet. But Montreal isn't as... Some people, some people want that because of the connection. Yes, it, w- it would be great. I really like uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, I think he's very underrated from that draft year. But uh, it, you could say it's dirty, and I think that's probably a fair assessment, that it would be dirty for Montreal or Mark Bergevin to do that. But <laughs> I like the drama. It's 2020. So bring it on. And yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't even have to be Montreal. I just want another team to do it. I like the drama. So You can say it's dirty all you want, but it's... It's actually in the CBA. It is a rule. On so it tough. It's you don't like it. Tough. It's the rule. It's business. It's not illegal. It's it's specifically legal. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it is a mechanism that prevents teams from lowballing their own players. Potentially. I com- I agree. I completely agree. So heck well, yeah, well done, well done, Steve Coolies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, the Flyers resign uh, Kubel to a two-year contract worth 1.075 million per year. That's very reasonable. I'm okay with that. Penguins resign Jared McCann for to, sorry to a two-year contract worth 2.94. Fine with that. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Yep. Uh, that's really all the contracts that have been announced this week. As far as trades go, we saw one this week. A very, I want to say awkward trade. Very awkward trade. The Minnesota trade Wild traded Eric Stahl who makes $3.25 million, is 35 years old to Buffalo in exchange for Marcus Johansson, who makes $4.5 million and who is 29 years old. Uh, both players had a 10-team no-trade list, and both are UFA after next season. So both have one year left on their contract. One is significantly older than the other. I mean, Mark Stahl, realistically, best-case scenario, has five years left on his in his, uh, in his career. Johansson has... Eric Stahl? What, what did I say? Mark you said Stahl? Mark Stahl. Eric Stahl. Sorry. Marcus. So you just two Marcus stalled. Oh, right. Because Marcus Johansson. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Johansson has potentially 11 years, depending on when his birthday is. Did you see the quote by Eric Stahl? I did not. And I wish I had my phone here because oh, I'm having a really bad moment. Maybe I did. You just said he, he was shocked or whatever, didn't he? Yeah, but he knows the coach in Buffalo now. He played with him, I yep. guess. I don't know the coach in Buffalo's name. I'm. Yeah. It's smoking uh, me right now. But he said that. Because he knows the, I don't know what the exact quote was. This is just a close guesstimation of what it was. But he says basically that because he knows the coach there, it makes it a little less whatever. <laughs> which means like if that coach wasn't there, I would have hated going to Buffalo. Yeah. So it kind of came off the bad way to me. What are his options if he does not want to play for Buffalo? Can he re- immediately re- request a trade? I mean, he can, but that doesn't mean they're gonna have to. So can he choose not to play? Hey, I'm not going to play. No, he's not going to do that. I'm going to take a year off. He's not going to do that. I'm going to go to Europe, play for a year. Buffalo needs help. He needs to help them climb that mountain. It feels weird that Buffalo would make that trade without even like... Maybe they got more in the works. You think they're going to flip him? No. I don't. I think the value of Johansson is higher than Stahl as far as trade value. I think they're just looking to mix it up. Yeah. I, like This is... 
this has to be like part one of a series of other parts to me. If this is all they do, then I'll scratch my head on it. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know who wins this trade because Eric Stahl put up some, I think, 40-plus points last year. Uh, clearly a very good player still in his old age of 35. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's six years older. <laughs> uh, so this could work out well for Buffalo. He's also played with Skinner before. Is this a leadership thing? I think this is a leadership thing, and I think this is to help Skinner out because Skinner has been struggling. They yep. have chemistry. They've played together before. I don't think it's long-term. I think this is a one-year experiment, kind of like when Montreal signed Alexander Semin, and it didn't work out. Maybe it'll work out for Buffalo, because it worked out for Minnesota, which is weird that they would trade Eric Stahl, but they see a younger player in Johansson, uh, maybe some potential there. So I think it could be good for Buffalo, but right now I would pick the winner as Minnesota. But so This is kind of reminding me a little bit of when Toronto picked up Marlowe for three years, even though that was a signing. And they had to overpay him and they had to give him the year three, which no one else wanted to. But they wanted to bring him in for his leadership. Yes. And he was an older dude. This is an older dude. Mm-hmm. You're giving up a younger dude. Like, what's what's what are you looking for? Are you looking for, mm. like, I don't know. I guess who's, we'll see. Who's the leader on Buffalo right now? That's a good question. I think it's Jack Eichel. The, I don't know if that's the right answer, though. I don't think it's the it's, it shouldn't be the right answer. He's the he's the leader by example. But his frustrations come through. His frustrations come through. I don't think he is the best actual leader. No. I think bringing in Eric Stahl. I don't think your best player has to be your leader. Completely agree. Like, look at Toronto. And, and Austin and, Matthews is the best player on the team. He's not the leader. Edmonton. Do you think McDavid is the leader? He shouldn't be. I don't think he is. He is by example, obviously. I don't <laughs> think. <laughs> do you remember when you put out that first video? I do. A long time ago, and you guys got mega heat. Yeah, but we went wrong. I don't think he I don't think McDavid is the best leader for the team. I think I, I don't, think, so, I don't I think know. someone like Darnell Nurse is, is maybe a better leader. Darnell Nurse needs to play better. He does need to play better, but he's very vocal and yeah. he, he gets his team going and and I don't I like that. I think Jack Eichel gets his team going too, but I don't I don't know if he's I think a leader needs to be someone that works their butt off every time. They don't necessarily have to be the best player, they don't have to play great every night, but they yep. need to be And they have to have patience as well. And uh, a bit of a cool head. I think Eric Stahl's that person, and I think that I think that could be a that would work well in Buffalo. But they need like a bull, bull Horvat. Oh snap! <laughs> a bull Horvat. A bull Horvat. A bold Horvat. A bold Horvat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was basically the only trade this week. But if you're into rumors, I've got some. Ooh, rumors. The first, <laughs> the first rumor, uh, which is a very loose, almost. Dreaming rumor is the Minnesota Wild have announced that they will not be bringing back Miko Koivu. That's not a rumor. That I mean, sorry, that's not a rumor. That is fact. But the rumor is, um, could Montreal step in and offer a deal to Miko to make him a hab? He would instantly be loved by Canadians fans because clearly his brother, Zach Koivu, was a legend there. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it, in a hockey sense, it fits in Montreal. But it, his leadership um, would be great for Montreal because Montreal is a pretty young team. It would, I would love to see Miko Koivu. In a Montreal Canadiens jersey, it would be it'd be incredible. Miku Koivu and her boy Jake Allen. That's a heck yeah. <laughs> that's a big. That's a big heck. That's yeah. a big intense for next year. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next rumor: the Flames are shopping Gani, John, Gani, Johnny Gaudreau apparently, and uh, some are speculating that the Flyers may be a good fit. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny B. Gani, <laughs> Johnny B. Yeah. Not only from a hockey perspective, but also he, apparently he grew up a Flyers fan, which I did not know. So I mean, that makes sense. He's an American kid. Yeah, he grew up in I think New New Jersey. 
I think. Correct me if He's I'm a wrong. Jersey boy. He's a Jersey boy. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I I think he needs to get his game together because he's been crap. Giveaway machine. Okay. The Penguins are apparently listening to offers on Malkin, which doesn't really surprise me. But uh, what does surprise me, the two teams that are interested are the Predators. That one actually makes sense. The Sharks are the other team. That does not make sense. You've got Joe Thornton on your team, who's mm. an old boy. Fine. But you had Pavelski on your team, who's an old boy, and you sent him away. Why would you bring in another old boy in Malkin? Mm-hmm. Maybe his value as a stock maybe is a little higher as far as offensive talent. And I wonder what they're looking for. Because their GM has come out and said that as long as we have Crosby and Malkin, we're going for it. Yeah. No rebuilds, no whatevers. Exactly. We're going for it. And San Jose, what are they going to give up to get Malkin? Prospects? Well, they don't have any. That's San Jose's problem. They don't really have a lot in their system right now. So I think it would be I'm very you. irresponsible to bring in someone of Malkin's age and give up prospects yeah, for this, San Jose. I, I can't see the San Jose fit. No, I don't either. Predators? Maybe a different story. But uh, the other one was the Petrangelo talks with the Blues have completely stopped. He will officially be testing the free market to see what his options are. And So his camp. This is you. This yeah. is what I added to your notes. These notes were all made by Neil this week, by the way, except for the two lines I added. Big so anyway, Petrangelo's camp was looking for 9.25. The team is offering 7.7, but that's low. he is not allowed to know the structure of that AAV. So they said, we'll give you 7.7, but we're not going to tell you how we're divvying it up. So he doesn't know if it's front loaded or... Doesn't know. He has to accept without knowing the AAV structure. Do you think he's worth more than 7.25 or whatever they're offering? 7.7? Do you think that he's... In a regular year, I would say yes. With the cap freeze for the next three, I don't know. But I, I think that's dirty that you offer someone basically an $8 million contract, but you say, we're not telling you how it's done. How is that Like it could How be, is that legal? It could be backloaded. Like you could be getting paid nothing for the next little while. How is that legal? That's like gambling. I don't know. Like that doesn't even make sense. Like that, how can they even do that legally? So he was asking for nine point two five. Roman Yossi has nine point oh five nine. So he's asking for a little bit more of Yossi. And Yossi also has thirty four million uh, in signing bonuses built in. Mm-hmm. So he's probably asking for similar or just above that. I'm gonna have, I have a question for you. Do you know how much PK Subban makes? Uh, no. I believe it's nine million. Okay, I was gonna guess around there. Who is more valuable of a defenseman right now, Petrangelo or P.K. Subban? I don't know if I'm qualified to answer that because I really like Petrangelo. Do you think your opinions may be a little bit biased? Petrangelo played for Team Canada. He was a big part of Team Canada. P.K. Subban sat on the bench and then got his picture taken with all the boys when it was over. True. (laughs) (laughs) I would pay Petrangelo more than P.K. Subban. But with that said, I don't think P.K. Subban is worth $9 million. I think P.K. Subban is a $7 million defenseman right now. Yeah, I think P.K. Subban is an offensive defenseman. And he scares me defensively. Totally. Petrangelo does not scare me defensively. He's pretty solid. Yep. I'll take Petrangelo any day of the week. Over I would PK too. And, and he has my favorite number, 27. Heck yeah. And, he's, and on the back of my jersey? He's and wearing the Petrangelo jersey at I the am. moment for you audio listeners. I think that he's worth $9 million. I don't know if he's worth $9 million for... For the Blues? For set, how many did he... What's How many years does he want? Uh, I, I don't... Seven. They... They haven't said the years. They're just talking money right now. I would like to see a $9 million contract for four years. Front loaded. So 
if the oh i i deleted your part that you added because i was going to put it back in the end and then i forgot to put it back so there's rumors the rumor part is gone you have to do you remember that part no so toronto apparently oh right he he has interest in two teams so cap friendly put out a tweet did you see the tweet i did they said our server logs just informed us that the traffic right. to the toronto cap space page is just like skyrocketed I did see so that. all the Leafs fans are like wait a minute they're not going to pay this man we need to get him yeah. we need that defenseman so toronto you cannot make that work he is interested in playing for the toronto maple leafs or the vegas golden knights which makes sense Toronto would have to give up one of their big fish to make that work, which may not be a bad thing. You've got Marner, Matthews. It sounds like Nylander's the one to go if one goes, and he's only seven, so you still would have to clear up another two somewhere. Bringing in Petrangelo would be one of the best moves that the Toronto Maple Leafs have made in the past five years. The question is, can they make it happen? And is that shooting themselves in the foot cap-wise moving down the road if they need to bring in others? Because that's now you're tying up Money and, and Petrangelo. You're tying it up in Marner and Matthews. Three huge names, all making around $9 million or more. Is there any way Nylander would want to go... Or is there any way the Blues would want Nylander back in a trade? Or would it have to be a three-team trade to juggle people around? No, I don't think the Blues. I don't think so have either. A need for Nylander, so you'd have to bring in a third-party team, uh, which is very possible. If they lose Petrangelo, they're going to want to fill that spot. They're going to need to fill that spot. Um, they may not need like the number one, but they're going to need someone half decent. Yeah, short term they're probably okay. Yeah, they're going to want to make a decision there for sure. So, I think a third team may need to be involved in this for sure. But I mean, if you're a Toronto fan, they. The potential is definitely exciting. It's just it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of yeah, so a lot of agreements between probably more than one team to be able to free up that much room because you're going to have to give away one of your big fish plus either one or a couple little guys to free up more space, mm-hmm. and you still have to maintain a certain amount of players on your roster, so you have to be able to pay a full roster. So I don't know, but Toronto's not going to trade the rights. Toronto's not going to trade the rights to St. Louis. Uh, sorry, Toronto's not going to trade Nylander to the Blues to obtain Petrangelo's rights. They're just going to wait till free agency, sign Petrangelo, and then trade Nylander and get an asset back. True, that's right. So, but they would have to move someone fairly quickly because this is coming up. Yes, that's yeah, that's that's the issue. So, do you think Kyle Dubas is on the phone right now? Like, hey, yes, I think he is, and he would be smart to do everything he can to to land him. Um, but still, it's I don't know if it's the best financial decision, as good as a player he is. I think they would be better off bringing in two depth defensemen who are very good defensive defensemen uh, versus one big dog in Petrangelo. Just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. But I like to play it safe. So, uh, yeah, that's that's all the rumors. Kind of like an old school Dennis Seidenberg. Yeah, yeah. Like just Just a solid defenseman that's... Not amazing, but someone you can trust back there. Yeah, I can totally agree. Even bring in an old Hal Gilders to lay down in front of the net. <laughs> yeah, Hal, shout out Hal Gill. Hal Gill has never been mentioned <laughs> on this podcast. I guarantee it. So there you go. Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so general manager Coyote's name, Bill Armstrong, their new GM. Uh, obviously won the Cup of the Blues. Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty crucial part in the build of that team. So Arizona looking to clean up that John... Ch- 
Chaka, 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 Chaka. I, we've said some pretty negative things about Arizona in these past couple of months. I think this is a really smart move by the Coyotes. Well, I mean, Chaka was the guy who was helming the ship when they got that that their hand slapped from yes testing the players yes. So he's the reason they lost two draft picks. Mm-hmm. Like next one, the, the big one, first round pick next year. Did he make the decision though? Well, was he involved in it? Well, Gary Bettman, remember we talked about that. Gary Bettman said, we're not going after specific people. We're just going to hit the team. So they did not find the team, but they hit them with the two draft picks. So, so technically we still don't know who is actually a fault for that. Just that. That's right. Everyone is at least guilty by association. Yeah. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. Like you would have to think the GM was. It's either your GM or it's whoever's head of your scouting. Yeah, de- Department of Scouting for the yeah. team or whatever. But, yeah, that's tough. So, anyway, um, I mean, yeah, you have in your notes that it's a big selling point that you want to cut. Totally. But he's also coming in with his hands tied because he has to look to improve that team without getting two draft picks. Yeah, that's, that's tough. But the, he's got the skill. I believe he has the skill to do it. I think it'll be really good for the Arizona Coyotes organization. Uh, a smart move by the team. Mm. Totally, I'm totally on board with this move uh, by the team. Yeah. So thumbs up. Um, we have seen the teaser of the new Ottawa Senators logo. Oh snap! What do you think of it? I think that I saw it a month ago. Yeah, because <laughs> it was leaked. It was the worst kept secret. <laughs> yeah. In hockey, uh, yeah, it got leaked. It. Uh, I'm I'm okay. I honestly don't really care that much. It's like vintage Ottawa Senators logo. Yeah, vin- I th- I'm curious to see the jerseys, and those have potentially all already been leaked as well. I didn't really like them that much. But, uh, yeah, I'm okay with this. I, I was okay with the current Ottawa Senators look. I think they had really nice jerseys, actually. But, yeah, I'm okay with this. The only thing with the current logos is when you take the eyebrows out, they oh, do it looks really weird. Creepy. Yeah. Like, this one, I don't think he can really do that. So creepy that he might be on, like, a list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100% online. on a list. <laughs> on a list. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Um, and the last little bit of news we have is not NHL news, but the World Juniors are going to be moving into the bubbles. Over Christmas. Yep. In Edmonton. Yep. Which brings the question, if the NHL starts by December 1st, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, mm-hmm. where is Edmonton going to play over Christmas? <laughs> There's so many interesting questions that I have for next season, and we'll, we will get into that. Yeah. A lot of Gary Bettman quotes that I have to like, hmm. Yeah, most of this, these notes are actually a Gary Bettman conversation they had with himself, or not really with himself, but... <laughs> <laughs> he just sat there and talked to himself, and someone had a camera on him. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. We'll, we'll get into the to next season for sure, but uh, great for the World Juniors. I think it's fantastic. I think it's extremely important for teams to see the potential draft picks play uh, on, a, on a public, large scale and against other players that are also in the same draft. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the most important pieces of hockey that happen in a year. Yep. And I'm... And it's thrilled. one of the most entertaining. And it's one of the most entertaining. And TSN does it. Heck yeah, TSN. Heck yeah, shout out to TSN. Uh, I think Bob McKenzie's still going to be a part of this year as well. I think yep. he's in his contract. So. He's always going to be part of the juniors. Heck yeah, shout out Bob McKenzie. Yeah, Bob, Bobby Mack. Yeah. All right. Bobby so, Margarita. That's his nickname. Did you know right. that? I did know that. Yeah. Someone called him that on, on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> but uh, moving on to... The game last Probably night. the biggest piece of news. It was the game that happened last night. The Stanley Cup Finals underway. Dallas won game one by a score of 4-1, to one, which we did live stream, like I said. Yep. We had a pretty good watch party. Thank you guys for, for coming out and joining. Uh, I mean, Hudobin was... Hudobin was amazing. He was, he was outstanding. He, was he made some great saves. Phenomenal. Some of those saves that were just... Yeah. Like, there was one where it kind of went behind him, and he took his blocker hand and went, like, oh, mine. Yep. Like... And they had the big flash glove save where yep. he... 
and then that pads that stretch pad save there yep. near the end. Uh, it, it was phenomenal. Tampa had, I think, at least three power play opportunities in the third. Uh, we were a little distracted because chat was going on and stuff, but at least three, I think, two or three. Anyway, didn't get it done. Mm-mm. Their one goal was a fluke goal, which did not happen in the third period. So that's a big missed opportunity. A mega fluke goal. Super Like, fluke. I think it went off three skates, maybe? It was going wide, hit a skate, bounced back in front of the net, hit another skate, and then bounced into the net. Yeah. It was a Plinko-style yep. goal. Uh, very unpredictable. Not Hudobin's fault whatsoever. Not anyone's fault, really. Just one of those weird hockey oh, yeah. bounces. Yep. I thought the game was pretty physical. It was times. definitely physical. It it wasn't as physical as, as I thought it was going to be. I thought there'd be a lot more scrums and stuff. I think we're going to see it. Yeah. I think it's coming. The scrums happened pretty early in the game, though. They yep. started out pretty early. So I kind of like the bad blood that was yep. started out early in this. I want the bad blood to get real bad. Yeah. Let's, and this, let's go with a bang here. Like a rivalry between Tampa Bay and Dallas is a conversation I've never had before. Yeah. It's not some a conversation that I w- would have predicted myself having. Mm-hmm. But based on last night, I like watching these two teams play against each other. Yep. Like next season, if it happens, I'm going to be watching these games. I'm going to watch Dallas versus Tampa because I like the the makeup of both teams. And I like the rivalry that started. So, mm-hmm. And this is only game one. Who knows what else is going to happen? Do you think they're tired? Do you think the Lightning players are tired? I don't know. They've played a lot of extra hockey. See, that's what I don't want. I don't want this to whimper out and seem like the players just want to go home or they're just not giving it all. Like I want I want to feel like they're leaving. And a big part of it is not having fans. You definitely notice it in these big games. Like yes. after a big save or a big goal, that fake crowd noise is it's not justified. Ain't working. It's homies. the same crowd noise you get for a save that's just whatever. Yeah. Compared to like a breakaway save. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> there's no relative to it. It's just it's cheers and whatever. Yeah, it's definitely a little awkward. So they didn't get enough rest as well. I think as, as much rest. Sorry. No, and I think the crowd gives energy. It does. So Absolutely. They, so they don't have that. Um, one of the Gary Bettman quotes that's not in here, I will say now. Mm-hmm. He says, whoever wins this thing, it, it could be potentially the, I can't remember what the word oh. he used. It was the most deserving Stanley Cup win of all time. Yeah, because, because of, of everything they're going through. Yeah, the grind, the bubble. It's the, a longer series. There was one extra, like the pre-enter, whatever what was that called? The preliminary rounds. The preliminary rounds. There was an extra preliminary round that had to be played. Uh, um, they have to stay in a hotel. They're not allowed to, they're not traveling. They're not seeing their families. There's no crowds. Yeah, and the so, lack of rest in between series. Yeah, like, and, and they're doing it, they're pumping it out really quick. You're like, right. Round two ended and round three started the day after. You're right. So... Good on the players. I mean, he, I don't always agree with Gary Bettman. I think he might be right here. There's a lot of things I agree with Gary Bettman that are coming up. <laughs> Gary Bettman's doing all right. And that's why. That's why he's he on makes our set. Yeah. And that's why he's framed on Neil's wall. Oh, yeah. I framed him. I put him in a frame. And he's literally hanging on my wall in my <laughs> studio. <laughs> okay. So the controversial thing that happened at the or in this game was the end of the second period. Maroon fired a puck into the Stars bench, almost hitting one of the players in the head. He had 10-minute misconduct. He was given a 10-minute misconduct. But Tampa wasn't like this is a pretty big incident. This is serious. Yep. So are we saying that if it had a hit a stars player in the head and injured the person, and maybe they, God forbid, were out for the rest of the playoffs, would Tampa have gotten a penalty? I don't know. I think they would have. There, I don't think the refs would have any choice. It's not very often you come back from like a commercial break and you're like, oh, during the commercial break this happened and this player has got a five minute, whatever. Yeah. I, 
I don't think it should be based on injury. It should be based on the incident. I think Maroon, or I think, not Maroon, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning should have killed a penalty at the beginning of the third period. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have changed the game any, obviously, because Dallas won. They didn't need that power play, but still, that's... And that's I, I kind of feel what you're saying. I kind of feel what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. And kind of dumb. I like. I really like Maroon. That yeah. Was, that was dumb. Super dumb. That was dumb. Um, I need to give mad props to the Stars checking line of Cogliano, Dickinson, and Como. They were excellent last night, shutting down the Tampa Bay Lightning's top line. In the eight minutes of head-to-head hockey, those lines played against each other. The Dallas checking line was... uh, Sorry. The Dallas (laughs) checking line limited the most NHL's... Well, I mean, David McDavid and Drysaddle. One of the NHL's most offensive uh, deadly lines to just four shots... Heck yeah. Three scoring chances and no goals. This was overall a low shooting game, I thought. Like, second period, we were still in the low teens, mid-teens. I was like, ooh. It was odd. Dallas was leading, I think, like 19 to 13 midway through the second or near the end of the second. Then Tampa turned it on in the third, and I yep. think they got close to 30 shots or whatever. So yep. It was definitely a weird game, but uh, we noticed something Yep. in last night's game. So, something that's been going on for a little bit now. Yes. So there were fans watching and cheering from within the American Airlines Center in Dallas, USA, and they were shown on the Jumbotron in the Edmonton Arena where the players were playing in an empty arena with no fans in Canada because of COVID-19. What? I think I think it just shows the two countries' different approaches to how serious they're taking it. No offense to the United States, but that's why the games are being played in Canada. That's right. Because if they were being played in the United States, there'd be fans in the, in, in the seats. Yeah, like the NFL games, there's fans in the stadiums. Yeah. Which I'm not saying is the wrong decision, but there are reports coming out now that fans who have attended these games, or it's a lot of them getting COVID-19 mm-hmm. and stuff. So I'm just saying that nothing crazy has happened in Canada during these this bubble. I don't think anyone's gotten it in the bubble. They have done over 30,000 tests. And I was wrong on this. I said there's going to be one. Yeah, we yeah. There has been none. There's been none. So over thirty thousand tests in the bubble, and not one person has had anything. You can't really like you can't really dispute the method. Nope. that they're using. It's 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 proven. Yep. Like I never would have guessed it. I thought that something was going to sneak out. Not I don't mean I didn't mean player sneak out, but I thought I thought players sneak out. Sure, I thought players sneak out. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah. Well, there was condoms in the <laughs> playing in the <laughs> yeah. one of the roads there. Yeah. Uh, I think this is, I don't really have an issue because the, on, to be fair, the fans were distanced in mm-hmm. the arena oh, yeah. quite well. Yep. So, you know, that's awesome. But it just felt awkward mm-hmm. seeing like the players are looking up, seeing f- their fans cheering them on from a different arena when their fans can't be at the arena that they're playing in. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just odd. Very strange. But, and their families can't be either because and their when, families when we went be. into this at the beginning, it was originally thought that the families were going to be able to join once we got to the finals of each conference. So yes. the last four teams. And then that was looking like it wasn't going to happen. It's like, okay, well, maybe for the finals they'll get in, and yep. now that's not happening. I don't think this game is going seven uh, seven games. I want it to, but I don't think it is either. I think whoever gets up to three, the other team, it's going to be like, let's just get it over with. Like, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't either, but I think, I think we might do. My prediction was Tampa and six, but... Dallas looked pretty good last night. <laughs> I, I want Tampa to win. Or no, I want Dallas to win. Careful but I predict, what you say, boy. Yeah, I want Dallas to win. I wear this hat like literally every time I'm on camera. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I thought Tampa was going to win too. So I was a little surprised. And I think Tampa's going to come roaring back game two, 100%. I believe so. Yeah. Might be a blowout. Who knows? All right. Well, that kind of wraps up uh, the Stanley Cup final game one news. Yep. So let's talk about what we know about next year. Which is kind of a lot based on what we know, it, knew yesterday. For not but. knowing anything, we know a lot. Or we can speculate about a lot of potential problems yeah. that are going to come. But we still don't know a lot. That's because right. it is so early. But anyway, Gary Bettman had a conversation with himself <laughs> and us. Which is a little surprising, the news that he said, because he said the NHL is officially planning an 82-game se- season for the 2020-21 uh, season, as well as the four-round best-of-seven playoffs. Yep. Nothing. There's a regular season next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. The NHL initial targeted December 1st. Uh, sorry. The NHL initially targeted December 1st as a possible start date for next season with the understanding that it was flexible and could and could be pushed back. Commissioner Bettman said next season might not begin until late December, if not possibly January. I think lots of people, even even as this bubble game started, like way back a couple months ago, has said the December 1st deadline ain't happening. This season will end early October, so that gives... Early October not, at the latest. Not all October, all of November, and then boom, we're starting December, December 1st. 1st. I don't think that's happening. There's no way. Because the only reason this is working right now is because you have bubbles. Yeah. Do you think 82 games are happening next year? I think they are. I don't. Now, I'll say that with an asterisk. Mm-hmm. And that's I'll get to that later because I have it in my notes. Okay. I'm worried about the back end, not the front end. I'll get into that. Okay. All right. So Gary Bettman's come out and said that he wants to stay out of summer as much as possible. It makes sense. Yes. Um, football, baseball. You don't want to. You don't want to mess with that. Like, and you, the, you you play in winter. That's just when you do it. It's it's just easier logistically. Like that, it's easier for the ice, especially if you're down in the states. Yeah. It, it's just it makes more sense to play hockey in the winter. It's like it just does. <laughs> now a lot of people like hockey in the summer because you go to your you know you go to your camps you go to your lakes it's great. you're chilling you're out in the patio you bring with the TV and you're watching hockey. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it too. But the players. Players, good players, good players. In the off season, what month? What uh, season is it usually? That's right, summer. Yeah, which is vacation time. Yes, for the players, hundred uh, percent. An issue when the players are being forced to play potentially in summer again next season. So Gary Bettman, the NHL, really want to stay out of summer, not just for our sake, not just for their sake, but for the players' sake, which clearly makes sense. Yeah. So he says. Playing in uh, late July, August, September is important to do now, obviously. They had to get the games in. Yep. And he says if they can avoid it, they will. But it's premature to have an answer other than we understand that that is an issue and we're going to try to deal with it as best we can. Now, here's here's my problem with this. Gary Bettman wants 82 games. He wants a full playoff. And he does not want to play in summer. <laughs> it's not And happening. he wants to start in December or later. <laughs> you cannot have all three. You can have two. It's not happening. Like if so, they, you can't start in January and not play in summer and have eighty-two games. Yeah, like you can get rid of all stars. You can get rid of that bye week, maybe, but you are really going to have to load up on back-to-backs. And the teams that have good one A and one B goalies are going to basically run the season. I think the only way they can do that is if every single team is in a bubble, and maybe not the same bubble, but multiple bubbles, and games are happening multiple times like we're gonna see if we're gonna see games every day at noon four o'clock eight o'clock or nine o'clock whatever and we're gonna see four games a day 
multiple four games a day with multiple bubbles just to get these 82 games in. If they start in January, there's no way that they can do it without doing it that way. It's not I, possible. I think they're going to go into the summer. I think there's no way to avoid that. But that creates a problem because right here on my notes, I'm going to scratch it off so I don't read it again. <laughs> Tokyo Olympics start July 23rd. Who covers those Olympics? NBC, NBC. covers those Olympics. That is a conflict. Who's what it? What do you do in the States if you're still playing on July 23rd, which is very possible if this gets delayed, and NBC says, nope, we can't do that. We have to go. And are they not just about to sign their contract with the NHL? I don't know when that comes up. It's close. It's not yet, but it's close. It goes up for bid. I don't think the Olympics are happening next year. I don't know. I, I, I think they could bubble the Olympics. 100% they could. They could bubble the Olympics. The Olympics is basically a bubble anyway. Like you yes. have the players. Are they players? Yeah, they're players. Athletes. Athletes. They're athletes. Competitors. Not players. Yeah. They have their own athletes' village. Yes. So they bubble them to get them there. Basically, all of the support staff and all that would have to be bubbled. Yeah. And then once that bubble is made, nobody's leaving or coming. Correct. You can leave when you're out, and but you ain't coming back. I think the bigger issue with the Olympics is pregnancies <laughs> because news has been released in the past 20 years of a lot of sexual activity <laughs> happening <laughs> between the teams, players, or sorry, athletes, uh, so which... Uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not. I'm, well, I mean, there was an, I'm there, kidding, obviously, but there was an article. Did I tell you about this? I think we talked about it. Did I tell you about the CBC front page news thing? Oh, uh, no. I think I was telling the other boys, maybe not our boys, but our boys, our local boys. CBC had a front page article from Dr. Tam, who is the chief medical person of the province. And she was recommending that if you have sex, that you wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you have sex with new people. If you have sex with new people. If you have sex with some new people. Wear a mask and don't be intimate. So basically, just get your ride on and let it mean <laughs> get nothing. Get your ride on. Get your ride on. Let it mean nothing. Wow. So basically, a one night stand fling. Wow. And do as at least amount of touching that's what, as possible. That's what the chief medical doctor in Canada was recommending. Wear a mask. Don't kiss. Avoid facial contact. So basically, be as impersonal as possible. Did you hear what the? I think it was the New York State medical leader, whatever. What they said. Mm-mm. This was back in April, I think. Don't lick butts. <laughs> Worded differently, um, but basically don't lick butts. I take that advice all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You people out there, you do what you do. But I'm going to avoid that one. Uh, yeah. What were we talking about? We were talking about the right, Olympics. And somehow at, somehow the, we got... Sex at the Olympics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what happens if NBC... I honestly don't know. I don't think I the think Olympics are going to postpone again. I don't think so. The Olympics? They've already spent an enormous amount of money in Japan to build these facilities. They can't postpone it another year because that's the Winter Olympics. Well, They're not going to postpone it another two years. There's just no way. They might. They might. They could postpone it another two years. I can't year. see it. That's too much money that they're investing that's just sitting there and not making, bringing the money back. Well, I mean. Now, mind you, if people aren't able to travel to the Olympics to go watch them and stuff, that's going to hurt Tokyo a lot. Yeah. Because they have to help pay for that somehow. Where are the Winter Olympics next year? China. Exactly. What's China close to? Bats. <laughs> Japan. Mm-hmm. The Winter Olympics do not happen at the same time as the Summer Olympics. No. So, they but could I, happen in the same year. I can't see it. That's too much Too much going on. The same group that looks after the Winter Olympics looks after the Summer Olympics. Like That's their job, the IOC or whatever. If they happen the same year. That means huge money for NBC. Huge money. See, huge money for NBC, but no money for the people who are putting these on. Like they're spending billions of dollars they're building waiting. all those. Yes. 
So I don't know. It's that's that's the potential conflict I see if this goes long. And no offense to the NHL, but if they're both happening at the same time next year, the Olympics are being showed and hockey is not. Like the NBC is not going to show hockey over the Olympics. There's no way. So yeah, there's no way. This is interesting. I don't. I I hope this is not going on for a full other year after this. But let's just say it is. What all, ha- all of 2021, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Like, let's just say we go into the 2021-22 season and we still have restrictions. Okay. Stuff's still not great or it's worse or whatever. The CBA, I believe, says they can go, can go to the Olympics. That was, yeah, that was agreed upon. So do they still go to the Olympics and create that break and make the season even longer than it could potentially be? Or do they, or do they ax it? Um, because he's already complaining that he doesn't want to go into the summer and fall. And I'm hope and I'm like another year goes by. I'm hoping we are not there, but if we are and everything is still like, if this season gets pushed back and it goes a long time again and they start late again, then it just takes a while to get everything reset. Right. Do you think the NHL needs 82 games? Would you be fine if they did? I have already said five games. No, I've already said that I would like a shortened regular season. So it doesn't should, make sense financially. I think they should put an agreement for the next two seasons. We're playing sixty-six games or whatever because of COVID next year and the Olympics the following year. They that will. Way, they will not lose money to that, go to Olympics though. That that'll just give them space to do whatever they want. Uh, the NHL will definitely be going to the Olympics. Uh, because they can't use the bubble argument against anything because they just proved that it works. Yes. So but co- it's all- COVID will not stop the NHL from going to the Olympics, but something else might. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the NHLPA has requested that um, they form another player committee to help with decisions on next year. They had it this year. It worked out well. And Gary Bettman has come out and said he's comfortable with allowing that to happen again. Yeah, I think that's so, a good idea, for sure. Ding for Gary Bettman. Ding. Um, the NHL... Plans to start next season without fans in the arenas and then move into a modified attendance with a percentage of the building, kind of like football is doing right now. And then they're hoping they move into more later, but I don't know. I don't see this rapidly getting better. What are we now? We're in September. So October, November, December. We're literally three months away from a new season in theory. And which, a second wave is already underway in a lot of parts of North America. Yeah. And even in Canada, the second wave is starting to hit. And you're seeing places like Ontario and stuff starting to roll back what people were allowed to do because it's, yep. it's breaking out with schools school and, and stuff. Like everything. And like a lot of places had restrictions on like restaurants and stuff like, yeah, you have to you can form outside groups. You can do outside stuff. You can have outside patios. What are all those businesses and places going to do when it's winter and you can't eat outside? Exactly. So. But they're, they're talking about it. There's pain coming. They're, they're act, the restaurants are actually considering... Outdoor patios? Outdoor patios in the wintertime. With like heaters and stuff? I don't even know. I think you eat in your, you eat in your gear. <laughs> no, they would have to have some sort of like patio heaters or something. I'd go. I'd Wouldn't you? That. I would do that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I'd get a snow cone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. This uh, next part is really interesting. The This one here? So, a lot of people have been speculating that... The borders are still closed. Correct. That is a reason why it had to be all in Canada or all in the States. And then, wow. Did you hear that? <laughs> that was a huge growl out <laughs> of Neil's stomach. stomach. I hope that picked up. Um, some people were speculating that there might need to be an all-Canadian division to, I, to 
because the government's not going to allow travel. If the border's still closed, we've already been down that road. They've said, no, you're not doing that. If you're, if you're not bubbling, you're not coming and going. We're not allowing American teams up. Mm -hmm. So some people have been saying, well, what about an all Canadian division? I don't know why I didn't think of this. I think it's a brilliant idea, but it's not good for the Stanley cup because then you only have one team coming out of, you know what I mean? If there's four divisions and you get to the finals in the conferences, there's only one potential of the four teams that can be Canadian teams. So the chances well, what, of it. No, what about the wild card? Yeah, but once you're. No. Mm. Things would change in the playoffs. They I, would. I don't know if they would or not. Because if you have one division and all the Canadian teams are in one division, there can only be one leader of that division that plays the other team, right? For the conference finals? Unless I'm thinking this wrong. Uh, I think it depends on who comes in the wildcard position. I don't know. Because hypothetically. But but a Canadian team couldn't be a wildcard in another division, could they? If Montreal, Toronto, and Ottawa come to the top three <laughs> in the Canadian division, and then Vancouver and Winnipeg have the two wildcard spots, depending on I think what other you're right. division. I, okay, I think you're right. I think it can work out that way. But I, I understand what you're saying, and it sucks for Canadian teams. It does. it's forcing at least, there's seven teams in Canada, right? Yeah. yeah. So only five at max can make it, which means at the very least, I think one Canada team plays another Canada team in the first round. At least. And guaranteed in the second round, I think. Yeah. At least. So, yes, statistically... I just heard your stomach. I think we're going for eats after this is over. <laughs> Holy. Uh, oh, <laughs> my stomach agrees. We are definitely going for eats after this is over. Uh, seven Canada teams versus against seven Canada teams. Is that statistically better as we go through the playoffs versus? I don't know. Because seven versus 31. It means the Canadian team is getting further, but I think it, I don't know. I think you're right. I think we would need to do the math on that. I just don't know if when you get to that conference final. Yes. I don't know if you can have a Canadian team against another Canadian team. And there still has to be conferences. So if there was a Canadian division, which conference would the Canadian division slot into? I assume it would be the Eastern Conference. So like if you have an Eastern Conference final, is it always someone from the Atlantic versus someone from the Metro? I don't think so. I think, That's the question. I think math. I don't think it's happened yet, but I think mathematically it could happen. Okay, because if that's always the case, then there will never there will only be one out of the four Canadian teams in the, right. in the finals, which kind of right. sucks. Um, and it also means obviously one of the other divisions will have nine people in it. So complicated because you have to remove those teams that are in the other divisions into the Canadian division, and then split up the other ones to like Florida and Tampa, who are in the Atlantic Division, would have to go into. Oh, there'd be, it would be, they, they, it'd be all redone. We'd have West Coast teams like Vancouver would be playing Montreal in the same division. I think literally three hour difference in time. I think we're onto something here though. (laughs) Like these new divisions, I'd have to look geographically at the map and. It is not fuel efficient. I'm making a video about this. (laughs) Okay. It is not, it is not fuel efficient. It is not fuel efficient. It is not time efficient. I think it is fuel efficient. No way. If your division is like Montreal, Buffalo, New York. Boston, that's a nice little area that you're not. Yeah, but you, you're talking Montreal going to Tampa is the same distance from Montreal to Vancouver, basically. No way. Heck yeah. No, no way. Heck yeah. No way. 
There's no way. Yeah. Yeah, but Tampa would be like the odd one out. You could make a division of like New England and like Eastern Canada that would be all really close together. And then, of course, when right. you did have Tampa, they had to be traveling like to like Texas and stuff. So I don't know. It's going to be you basically have one huge division for all of Canada and then three for the states. And you have yes. to figure out how that's going to look. And I'm, one of them is going to have nine teams in it. That's why I'm making a video of this. I'm going to come up with the new divisions. The new, based and, on, and Seattle's going to be here. Not next year. No, the year after. The year after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're talking about next year. That's right. <laughs> I was thinking of another conversation we we're having. That would actually, actually make things I was thinking of. I was thinking of the China Olympics season. Right. Hmm. Anyway. Interesting. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can get into this in your video, but that would mean that if we had the seven Canadian teams, the rest would have eight, right? So they would be all be even down, down in the States. Yes, correct. So that works out that way. I think you should be a part of this video. I want to present these divisions to you and <laughs> okay, see, see your thoughts. And I'm going to name them. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. You can, yeah. I'm going to name them. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, for that tiny little bullet point of news, Gary Pettman <laughs> just did not want to speculate on it. That was what I was trying to get at. We, we, we went <laughs> into a huge talk about to say it. But. but he does not want to speculate on it. So I don't think he wants that, but I think it is the only option if the borders remain closed. Yes, I agree. And boy, Trump down the States keeps saying that we're going to open up with Canadian border soon. And if you check in with Canada, they're like, we ain't about that. That ain't happening. We yeah. actually just extended the. And depending on what happens in the election in the United States this year, that may change what happens in the NHL as far as next season and what is allowed travel wise. Mm. Because a new They leader, may have a different approach to handling. Exactly. Yeah. So time will tell. Um, All right. We're okay. We have a de the delayed start. May. This is also a news item. Um, Obviously, the Winter right. Classic, if you delay into late January, you have passed the window for the Winter Classic to happen. Which is extremely unfortunate. Yeah. Because those teams deserve to play. Here's but. An, here's my question. With all this going on, do you think the, the Winter Classic is a for the fans at the event thing? We have said that a hundred times. Yes. If you can only have a quarter of those fans because they have to separate, is what's, it still worth doing? What's the attendance of a usual winter classic. It depends where you game. have it. I would say average probably 70,000. Is that right? Some of them's about up to 100, I think. Some of them at 100, we'll but a lot of them a lot 100. of them yeah, 100 is on the high end though. It's probably like 70 to 80, I'd okay. say on average. Let's say 80. What's a quarter of 80? 20,000. What's the average stadium capacity? It's like a regular, it's like a regular. It's like just everyone, every one of those players could fit into the Bell it's Center. It's just under 20,000. Yeah. So, you make a good point. Should we continue? With it. Yeah. But. Plus, it's, it's a huge cost for something that most people don't like watch. Like, the only cost is something that has, has not happened yet. It's not like it's already been converted. And yep. It's ready. It's future costs. It's, f yes. I think it's easily delayable. But yes. not ideal. But. Obviously. The reason why they added the screens and the tarps over the seats was because they were focusing on making these playoffs a four TV experience. And if this is all is happening next year, then it still needs to be focused on the TV experience. And most people that watch that game on TV think it sucks because yes. it does. The camera angles are horrible. Yes. Because Agreed. they're played on football fields and whatever. The cameras are so far back that it's everything's really small. This perspective is weird. Yes. Yeah, so I don't like it. I think I think if you can only have a limited attendance, I don't think it's worth doing. I completely agree. You know what's going to be weird? In four or five years, if we came back and watched this video, this podcast, and listened to some of these conversations, we'd be like, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's why when we did that first coronavirus video, I was like, I just want to get this out there so I can look back on this. And it, dude, we are well beyond anything I ever thought. I know. I thought it was just going to be like this. It's like, can you imagine they may have to like, 
worst case scenario, not have fans in the stands. Yeah. Dude, we are way <laughs> beyond that. Like this is. Yeah. Is that another level now? But, yeah. Uh, he did say that the, the game will still go on at some point, maybe not next season. or It'll happen for the fans like, because the fans deserve it. Yeah. Like you have the two teams picked. It's uh, Minnesota, Minnesota St. and St. Louis. So if it doesn't happen this year, just give it to them next year. Yep. Like no big deal. It's not like they're going to lose the game. It will happen. Just may not happen on January 1st. Yeah. So and I'm standing by my thing. If you can't have that as a four person, like it's like the all-star game kind of. Well, all-star game is not as bad. I would say the outdoor games are probably the worst games that I've, I see on TV just because the camera angles are so bad. Yep. And it's just like you get that huge, like you get the ice in the middle and there's just like nothing around it. It just, it just looks bad. Mm, I agree. Um, he also talked about expanded playoffs. A lot of people have been pushing for this for some reason. What do you think about expanded playoffs? I like it. See, I think there's there's more competition. There's more on the line. There it gives an opportunity for someone like Chicago or Montreal who snuck into the playoffs to make a move. The pros are there's a lot of pros for it actually. There's way more money on a normal year. That's because, the biggest pro because the gate. There's more games played. There's more teams playing. There's more money. It keeps more teams fans engaged yes. because it's less people being eliminated. But as we've seen, here's my con for it. Any team can do anything once you get into the playoffs. Correct. So it, it kind of devalues the regular season a little bit because you could play really well and then just get want by a team that on the old system shouldn't have made it. Hence Montreal defeating Pittsburgh this year. Okay, so how many extra games will be played with the preliminary round? We'll say seven max. So if we take 82 minus seven. But it wouldn't be a preliminary round. It would be... No, but I'm just, what we call it something else. Okay. But it's just going to be more than if we eight teams. It's going to be twelve, I guess. If we minus seven games from the regular season and we just had seventy-five, and just added another round, wouldn't that be more exciting? You'd be playing roughly the same amount of games as including season and playoffs. Yeah, but you're losing those home games for six games for those teams, depending on what teams they are. But there's no bubble. The I games would still happen in the same arenas, hypothetically, if COVID didn't exist. Like the because this is we're talking about future here, so the games would still happen in these arenas. They'd still get whatever, but they could charge more because it's a playoff game, mm-hmm. and there'd be more viewership on TV. I think stuff. overall it would make more money for the group, but for the individual owners, I think the risk is of making less because those home games are guaranteed money that you're bringing fans into the arena, and then you're just so for the teams that did make it, they'd be losing out on seven games. Yes, they'd profit. be losing out, or on a team that went out first round, they'd also probably end up losing a little bit too. Mm-hmm. The teams that went all the way. Heck yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think the players would like that too. Give them more opportunity to compete. Because right now, half the teams, half the it players also, in the NHL are done. Not that I really care about records, but playing less regular season records makes or games makes records harder to beat too. Yeah, I guess, but I mean overall career records are, I guess is still the same for the most part. As long as the same amount roughly the same amount of games are being played. But they're not. Because more teams in the playoffs means more teams out quicker in the playoffs, too. True. True. But, I mean, you could argue that this NHL isn't even close to what they will To me, this is a surprising move by Gary. Because it makes sense from the NHL perspective. Because if you just keep 82 games and then add more teams to the playoffs, it's just more money straight up. That's what it is. But I think he's trying to... I think he's trying to hold some sort of integrity to the regular season, have it meaning something. So he's just, mm-hmm. he's saying, I want, you have to fight to get in. Like not just everybody gets a chance right. basically. And I'm okay with that. 
but I do understand the other side too. So if if enough people continue to show interest in it, it might be something they consider. And I will continue to, to show research. Have you read the last bullet part yet? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Okay. Why, what's going on here? I'm going to ask you a trivia question. Okay. How much... I just, I'm, I don't know if you're going to lowball this or highball this. You're going to do one or the other, oh, though, I think. Oh, God. I don't know. You put me on the spot here. Okay. Gary Bettman said up to blank percent of all revenues is ticket sales. In the playoffs or? In everything. Everything? Regular season, playoffs. So out of all the money they make from all hockey sources, like everything, like jerseys, TV contracts, Sales of stuff, licensing fees, everything. Oh, jeez! How much percent of that money That's is a lot of money though. is made at the gate? And this is average across the league. This is this is no. This is in terms of all the money made by the league. By the league, this okay, is the, the league. actual number, or this is up to this number. Forty-three percent, fifty percent, fifty percent. So pretty good because he said up to. So it, it varies. So you're probably very close. That's actually oh, way higher as than as I thought. As 50%. That's higher than I thought. That's a lot of money. So that just shows you how much they're losing out by not having fans. Like one game, a team that will say a team that normally sells out Chicago. I think they've got like 21,000. Look at Toronto. Look whatever. how much money Toronto charges for tickets. Average ticket price in Toronto will say 150 bucks. Because even the upper ones are well, 150 bucks. I'll say 200. Yeah, 200. 200 times 20,000. You ain't buying a ticket. You're buying it from a scalper who's double charging you that, yeah. which obviously they don't make money on that. But 200 times 20,000. Toronto can make like three or four or five million dollars per game in the playoffs. Yeah. Like it's, it's an, it's a, an incredible. Like they can charge a thousand dollars a seat and people will go. Yeah. That's uh that, that's huge. That's huge. So that, that's my last point on the notes because that just shows you how much they're losing out by having all this. Yeah. They're losing up to potentially half of their revenues. And that's uh, that's not just the NHL. That's the owners as well who are footing the bills for. Which is why the players had to defer part of their salary. Yeah. They're getting it back, but they had to give that cash so they had money to work with. Yeah. The biggest losers here are the owners. Right now, yep. Which I'm okay with because <laughs> most of them are billionaires. Yeah, so. they're... Most Take of that. them are. Some of them are hurt, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Like Eugene Melnick, I don't think he's doing too well right now. I don't think he was doing too well before. Yeah. So, get out. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that was a pretty good podcast. I like I like some of the conversations that we had in there. I like, I like ones like that. I like when there's business news to talk about. Yeah, me but, too. Uh, yeah, thanks guys for, for watching and listening. I really appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, we'd love it if you could hit the subscribe button down below. If you're listening, if you're an audio listener, uh, leave us a review on iTunes or I don't think you can do it anywhere else, but if you're listening on iTunes, we'd love it if you could leave us a review. And uh, yeah, let us know some of your thoughts on conversations that we had here. Do you think the NHL should move to a 24-team playoff system? Do you think that there should be a Canadian division? We'd love to know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Hope you guys are having an awesome week. And by the time we talk next, the Stanley Cup could be awarded. No. Oh, yes. If there's a sweep. If there's a sweep, it could be awarded. If there's so. a sweep, will you take your head off? Heck no. 100,000 <laughs> subscribers on the production channel. <laughs> That's unmovable target. I've been trying everything. No. All um, right. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Appreciate it. Have a great week, and we'll see you next weekend. Adios.